Welcome! You are listening to the Bad Sports Town Podcast. My name is Jackson Martin. Alongside me, as always, co-host Ben Weinrib. Ben, what's going on? It is a beautiful 78 degrees outside in Cleveland, and it officially feels like spring. Uh, it's been snowing the past week or so, so I'm really feeling like it's baseball season now. It Man, it is gorgeous out here in Charlotte. Our, uh, our AAA team, the Charlotte Knights, AAA affiliate for the Chicago White Sox, have their opening day going on, like, literally feet from where I'm recording this podcast. Uh, so it is, it's definitely, it's baseball season. Uh, oh, and I got a sound effect for that now. Here we go. It's baseball season. Ben, let's, let's talk baseball. about baseball. See that baseball. Uh, let's kick it off. You're a you're a Red Sox fan, I guess. Sure. Sure. Uh, they had a fight last night. Got into it a little yeah. bit with the Yankees. What uh what was going on there? Well, it number one feels like postseason baseball because the Red Sox and Yankees are getting into it and they've had a five hour game. So, you know, definitely uh, Oh. <laughs> so a quick one for them. Right. So you you get into this whole ruckus where Tyler Austin, their first baseman, has a kind of dirty slide. And then how do you combat a dirty slide? You give the Yankees a free base runner by plunking him. So uh Ooh, the most wonderful tradition in baseball. Throwing a hard object at someone over a minor slight. Yeah, the there's a great quote from Joe Kelly who hit Tyler Austin. He goes, Look, I'm not Greg Maddox. I walk a guy per inning. He's <laughs> saying that it was unintentional. Which, like, you know, it's pretty fair, Joe Kelly. You know what? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so Joe Kelly gets five games. Tyler Austin gets six. We also had a great uh, fight between the Rockies and Padres. Nolan Arenado uh, charged the mound, tossed off his helmet. The Padres pitcher, Denelson Lament, threw his glove. There were some haymakers thrown. Man, like actual punches. So not like a baseball it, fight, like a like a fight fight. Well, they didn't really connect, but there were some like serious swings in there. Not just like, a, hey go. man, don't come over here. Hold me back. That's what I like to see. That yeah. is. I'm trying to think of the the right way to word this question because it came up during the NBA season that NBA players don't really actually fight anymore. And I think you can say the same thing of baseball players for the most part, except when they actually fight, they like go all out, like felony assault, go all out. Well, they also don't have a chance to do anything. Like you can box out for a rebound and, you know, pull a Draymond and accidentally hit someone in the nuts. Accidentally. There's a very little time you're actually making contact with someone. Yeah, that's fair. Although, I mean, in in baseball, if you want to start swinging, you've immediately got 52 guys on the field to stop you. Yeah. So I was about to ask which sport are people most likely to get into a fight in, uh, like an actual fight. I realize it's really stupid because we have a sport where that's like an entire accepted part of the culture in hockey. So never mind me. That was a really dumb question. Well, how about between the other three sports? Uh, (sighs) Football, there's a lot of smaller I mean, fights, is Vontae's but... perfect on the field? Then football is the answer. Right. <laughs> Akeem Tlaib and Michael Crabtree, are they playing each other? <laughs> That's just snatching chains. That's different. That's different, Ben. Well, did uh, Crabtree sign with anyone yet? Uh, I don't know. Because it's unfortunate we don't get two-plus uh, of those anymore. At least with the Ravens. Baltimore so Ravens. I think they don't play the Rams this year. Oh, that's a real shame. Unless, I mean, we could get a Super Bowl chain snatching. Oh, man. That would be pretty oh, fun. Wait, actually, they play in the preseason. Second game. <sighs> Even better. Oh, my God. A preseason brawl. What more could you ask for? Wow. <laughs> that's pretty perfect. All right. So back to back to this Red Sox-Yankees fight. Uh like, is this, is this serious? Like, is it, it is the rivalry back, Ben? I think we want it to be back because the Yankees have been bad for so many years, like, like something. But it hasn't particularly been close. And we got two new managers. Everyone's young. I think that I'm ready to hate the Yankees again because it's been hard to hate the Yankees 
when they're not really a playoff team. And they keep getting fun players too. It's, it's really it's a really shame. unfortunate, and it's a good thing that they traded for Stanton, who would be fun to root for on any other team. But when the Yankees traded essentially a mediocre second baseman and a non-top 100 prospect to land him, he becomes super hateable. Mm. Well, I think that every whether or not he's hateable, I think everyone hated the fact that the Yankees got him, and that helped turn the tide. Okay, that's fair. But I, I was going to ask you though, like, who's the last Yankees player who you like actually hated? Because uh, I'm really struggling to come up with one I mean, right like now. Derek Jeter, AJ Burnett. Yeah, Jorge that's Bergato. the problem. Well, yeah, AJ Burnett. Yeah, but it's basically everyone who was in the early 2000s. Yeah, I mean, it's been... God, Derek Jeter owns a team now. Like, it's been a while. Yeah. it's They don't have that many hateable guys. Haven't until now it's okay to hate them again. You're, you're going to have to do a lot of work to turn me against Giancarlo. Um, I mean, I just look at his pinstripes and it becomes easy enough. I can understand that, I suppose. Um, Jesus, I'm looking at the standings right now because I'm not as good on the general baseball stuff. Uh, the Mets are ten and one. Yeah, so uh, as I'm sure I know you're you've uh, been into prospects before, and you know we get excited about all mm-hmm. the Braves prospects. Mets have had all these pitching prospects for the past five years: Noah Syndergaard and Zach Wheeler and Stephen Matz and Matt Harvey. And there was always a dream that those four with Jacob deGrom would finally come together to form one mm-hmm. super rotation. And they have now finally had the first time that all five have took a turn in the rotation in a row where no one's been hurt. And the team's ERA is like, they're actually pitching like we once hoped. But of course, it's going to be like a month from now and two of them will be on the shelf. So, right. Uh, just enjoy it for now. And... Uh, you know, like, so, yeah, I think most people thought that the Mets were about a 500 team, maybe in the mid-80s on wins. We're like, right. you're, one one if, of those things, 10 teams in the National League were like, oh, if some stuff goes right, they might win a wild card. Right. So they may still be that team, but they are 10-1. and one, It which helps. Means if you thought they were an 83-win team, they're really going to end up, they'd be projected to be like a 86-win team at this point. So, like, these wins definitely count. They may still be a 500 team, but they started. They're already nine games above 500. So New York Mets baseball. These wins definitely count. <laughs> they got a ton of outfielders too. It's it's kind of a shame they don't handle them well because they have Brandon Nimmo, who is a former first round pick of theirs. He's hitting the cover off the ball. Has an OBP well over 500, but they optioned him back to the minors because. They didn't have room for him and didn't want to carry him as a backup. Mm. Oh, you're telling me they're not even like screwing around with the Super 2 stuff? Grant, I, no, I, I don't know what team would yeah. do something like that. That'd be weird. <laughs> well, I don't, it's uh, obviously referencing Ronald Acuna. What? Uh, starting the no, season. Haven't you seen he's off to a terrible start in AAA? Clearly the Braves were right yeah. to send him to AAA. I think, yes, I the extra year of control at the end of his contract is going to be nice, but that wasn't why they did it. <laughs> yeah, It's like sort of examples like that where, man, maybe the Braves are lucky. He's uh, started 0 for 12 or whatever, and it's not just karma coming back to them, but like, he so obviously was meant to start the year in the majors. And, uh, <laughs> that so obviously that the Braves starting left fielder is a guy named Preston Tucker, who I texted Ben, not even on opening day, but on the third game of the season to say, who the hell is Preston Tucker? It's like one of those names that EA Sports auto-generates when yes. you buy a game. Yeah, to fill like, your minor like the uh, when you start in the minor leagues in the show, it's like one of the randomly generated prospects oh, yeah. around you. Oh, yeah. I, I'm going through. I started a, a my prospect as Carson Fulmer, and uh, I'm just blowing through go. the double-A guys. The, the Preston Tuckers of the world and the Lane Adamses of the world. <laughs> hey, man, Lane Adams is a major league player. You watch your mouth on this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, my my favorite thing to do. I don't know if the show has has an Ephus pitch in there. 
but back when EA made their MLB game, I would make a reliever for the Cubs named Henry Rowan Gardner, who only had a fastball and an EFIS pitch. <laughs> And just like spend all of my stats on making his fastball as fast as possible. Oh, nice. It was really enjoyable. Um, Rookie of the Year is the best baseball movie of all it time. It is great. It is great. So, uh, you want to talk about that after we ever we talk to actual well, baseball, sure. best baseball movies? We can do that. Major League in the past year. Uh, I figured I had to before I left Cleveland. Oh my God. All right. We'll get to that later. So, ben, so real oh my quick, God. Um, so to just this, the Super 2 thing is so dumb. I, I mean, so this offseason, no free agents were getting paid really except for the really top guys. Is because Major League Baseball's paying system is so screwed up because all the best players are between the ages of like, you know, 25 and 30. People are hitting free agency mm-hmm. at age 30. And the deal was, okay, we'll pay you for cheap before we hit 30. And then we'll all kind of wink and nod and pay the free agents a little more than they should be paid right. to make up for it. And now the owners are like, oh, you know what? We don't have to, and we can just play the youngest guys for cheap and manipulate their service time such that we keep them for an extra year, even if they Right. So, so, so if you're unfamiliar with the concept, basically when you come in as a rookie in uh, Major League Baseball, the team has your contract at basically a minimum salary for six years. Is that but right? Three years at absolute minimum. And yes, then and then three years, years of arbitration. arbitration. Make, yeah, and in arbitration, you make like uh, 25% right. of your market value, then 50%, then 75% of your market value. So way, way less than any free agent. Right, but that, those years are also based on like time actually spent on the team, not just seasons. So like what the Braves might hypothetically be doing right now with the number one prospect in all of baseball, Ronald Acuna is if they just wait until like April 20th to call him up this year, if they leave him in triple A, they leave him in triple A until whatever it is, like a month into the season or something, then they get to keep him for an extra year on the back end of that deal. So basically just by not playing this rookie for the first month of the season, you get to keep him under contract for a full extra year. Uh, And it's, like incredibly ridiculous that that's a thing, but teams mess around with it all the time. Even though 90% of the time, if the guy's any good, you're going to resign him to a new contract three years in. Right. So there was, I remember I was reading through the Braves.com mailbag and the, the Braves beat reporter goes, someone asked, is there any chance Acuna starts here in the majors? And he goes, even if he homered in every single one of his at-bats, the rest of spring training, he would start the year in triple Quinet. It's like, yeah, it sounds about yeah. right. Yeah, it's just in, and, and it's the thing where I mean, obviously, no one in the Braves front office can say that that's what they're doing, but they have no other choice. I mean, you just in terms of business, you have to do that. Well, so Brandon McCarthy made an interesting point on Twitter, who, and he's who actually a, a pitches for the Braves too, which I loved. Yeah, he's wonderful. Uh, he said, uh, you know, no one expected the Twins, who had the worst record in baseball last in 2015, to make the playoffs in 26, or 2017, mm-hmm. whatever it is. They went from worst in baseball to the playoffs. No one expected the Diamondbacks to make the playoffs. Every one of these games matters. I mean, like, you could, yes, the Braves are doing well at 7-5. and five. You could beat the 10-1 and one Mets, maybe, if you, you know, if you had up all your best Major League players. And, I mean, we could get down to the end of the year. And the Braves could miss the playoffs by a game. Well, do I want? I wish it's a good thing we have Acuna on the end of the contract, but we missed the playoffs because we didn't have him. And you know, it's unlikely that the Braves are going to miss by exactly one or two games. Right. But, but yeah, possibly. but it's and also like you ideally, said, you're you're getting one year of Acuna at age 26 or 27 in his prime, as opposed to you know you're losing a month of him at age 20 which by the way i saw a crazy stat you know he's the youngest player in his triple a league oh my gosh that's funny and even if even if they had kept him in double a he would still have been the youngest player in the league he would have been in in, in double a he's pretty good he's pretty good i'm i'm excited for whenever the hell the braves can call him up and keep him for an extra year if that was what they're doing right. which they're totally not allegedly 
<laughs> Allegedly. Who's to say? The uh, So the new CBA, I think, is up in 2021. And there are a ton of issues right now with how people are being paid. And uh, right. I, you obviously hope there's no lockout. But, man. You hope, but at the same time, uh, baseball basically has the only effective players union of any of the major sports. So they might actually get something done. Yeah. Isn't that uh, maybe we could just go for a little shutdown, you know? Yeah, you know, 162 games is a lot. Maybe, you know, we could just play like 130 and be fine. Yeah. All right. So the Braves this year, seven and five. Seven and five. Not that the wild ben, standing I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. Uh-huh. I'm going to put you on the spot. Are the Braves back? Braves back. Braves are back. All right. That's all I need to hear. Podcast over. Thanks so much for coming on, Ben. This was a great time. (laughs) Um, I've been pretty vocal about, like, I didn't watch a whole lot of Braves games last year because it just, it legitimately was not fun to watch the Braves last year. Uh, It's fun again. Like, we're 12 games in the season, but, like, I enjoy this team. I really enjoy 300-hitting Dansby, personally. Almost 350. He's up to, he's hitting 348 right now. It makes my heart so warm. And the only it's thing. It's so nice because the Braves fans had turned on him so badly after last season where he ended up getting sent down to AAA. And it just, just was not good. But then this year he's good again. People are like, wow, what happened? It's like, well, you know, he was like the number one overall prospect in baseball. Maybe, maybe the. 90 games he played his rookie season aren't super indicative of his true talent level. Yeah, I feel like if you guys didn't have Acuna and Ozzy Albies at second, also didn't get called up and hit 300, that yeah. people would be a lot more excited. But, you know, uh, them's the breaks. So, And also, have you seen Charlie Culberson, the backup infielder? Yes, it confused the hell out of me yesterday. Uh, he looks exactly looks like Dansby. Exactly like Dansby, but he doesn't wear the one long sleeve. So, and he hit like two, he hit like eighth and Dansby was hitting sixth. And so I'd be watching, Dansby would get a hit. And then like two batters later, I would look up and be like, is my like, because I use YouTube TV. I don't, I don't have cable. It's like, is my like feed just jumping back and forth? Or is like Dansby back up at bat? And I'd look and be like, and why do you take his arm sleeve off? It's it's incredibly confusing. He's nailed it. They have they have the same hair that's like kind of bushy going out the back. The same amount of scruff. Which is impressive because Dansby has great yeah. hair. I mean, that's not like someone thought it was funny and like buzzed his hair the right way. Like that took effort. Yeah. So that's, uh, I hope they never trade Charlie Culberson. I don't care how mediocre he is. He's pretty mediocre. Man. Ben, I just learned something interesting looking at Dansby's stat page. Go for Do it. Do you know what his real first name is? Yes. James. Of course you do. I didn't know that. You know what his dad goes by? Uh, I do not. Cooter. Cooter. Cooter Swanson. That is, God, that is, a, name. that is a Kennesaw, Georgia name if I've ever heard one. <laughs> If you're unfamiliar with Kennesaw, Georgia, there is a city law that says that all property owners must own a gun. Oh, my God. Cooter Swanson is a Kennesaw-ass name. Oh, my God. That was I've always been impressed. I thought Dansby Swanson is somehow simultaneously the most Cobb County name of all time and the most Vanderbilt name of all time. It's a nice combo. Have you been watching his uh, video series on Braves.com about all things loyal? Yes, it's been really cool. Uh, he did a really cool collaboration with a local T-shirt guy, too. It uh, has the, uh, the Atlanta City Seal, which is a phoenix rising out of the flames. Uh, and the text says, the South got something to say, which is from Andre 3000's famous speech at the 1998 Source Awards, is what put Atlanta rap music on the map. I just like can't get over how much I love Dansby Swanson. I think that Major League Baseball should abolish the draft and mandate that every team take the player closest to their home. So uh, Major League Soccer actually has something like that. Uh, it's called 
like homegrown players or something. Yeah, uh, and our, basically, I was going to say, friend of the program, uh, Bob Newman, explained the whole crazy salary cap system in the MLS to me, including the homegrown system. Yeah, well, the salary cap makes no damn sense whatsoever. But the homegrown thing's a really cool deal for these teams that are sort of struggling to find a, a local foothold in their markets. I think it's like before college, you can claim a guy who's from your like designated region set by the league and basically like tag him and say, like, he's ours, like doesn't go to the draft, doesn't go to anything. And I don't know how many of those guys you get to do that with, but it's, it's, great. But it's a cool idea. It lets you build up some local support for teams that really need it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, sure. This would be terrible for like the Minnesota twins, but like, I think it's well, yeah. It would basically mean that the Braves get like a top five pick every year. <laughs> if you gave the Braves like one one homegrown player a year, they would basically get a top five pick every single year. Yeah. Well, I mean, like it's wonderful that it worked out that the Twins were picking first when Joe Mauer, a high school catcher out of uh, somewhere in Minnesota, came up. Like that was necessary. Right. Like the first major Minnesota baseball prospect in forever. Right. Like that would have been wrong if he were on the Padres. It's going to have Byron Buxton, too. Oh, man. Well, yeah, it's every year there's a top five pick. I mean, Ethan Hankins is a, a, another guy who's a Vandy commit. Uh, he was, uh, he's going to be a top 10 pick in the draft, uh, you know, 6'5 right hander. It's yeah, every year. And I think that the way to balance it is you only get one every year. Yeah. Because or else the Braves would, it would just be unfair. Ooh, but. man. And the Braves would have had to have picked between Jeff Francoeur and Brian McCann. Would have been tough. Back in the day, would have had, was, they would have gotten higher. Jason Hayward. They would have gotten Dexter Fowler. Right. See, like that was right. Jason Hayward needed to be on. Yes, the he did. Well, I, there's stories about them sort of tanking some of his workouts so that he fell to 14. <laughs> hey, whatever gets it done. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry about it. All things loyal. All things loyal. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but seriously, like this is so much fun watching the Braves again. Like it's even like yesterday's completely bonkers game where they blow two saves to the Nationals. Ender Enciarte steals home plate in the top of the tenth, gets called out. Looks like he's safe on replay, but they still upheld that he was out, which kind of sucks. That would have been a really cool way to win a game. Uh, like yeah. even when they lose some of these games, like it's just fun to watch again. And I think for baseball, what baseball struggles with, and it gets talked about a lot, is there's no real, like, face of baseball nationally. Like, it's a very regional sport. I mean, people watch Red Sox-Yankees on ESPN. They might watch the Sunday night game. That's, you know, whatever. For the most part, you have a team and follow them. And, like, I I pretty much fall into that category. I watch Braves games and not much else. Uh, And that's why you see things dip dip in – and pick up so much in certain markets. markets. It's just, you know, how good is the local team? Yeah. It also doesn't help that Mike Trout has the most average American face right. out there. I mean, like, for a guy who's, like, 20, he's about as average of, of a face as you'll find. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, that's why I think people say a lot of times that baseball hasn't had a face of baseball since Derek Jeter – I think that's true, but I also think Derek Jeter was only really the face of baseball because he played for the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, shortstop for the team that wins, whatever, three, four World Series in a row, that'll do it. Mm-hmm. I'll do it. Maybe it'll be Dansby one day. Hey, I'm behind it. So I think one of the other fun things about the Braves is – they're fun now, but you know you have so much coming. Yes. Like uh, different sites have ranked the the best minor league te- uh, teams, and it's Gwinnett, the AAA team, number one usually, and then also in the top five somewhere is Mississippi, their AA team. Which, just because they've got too much. By the way, the Braves AAA team changed their name this offseason. Oh, were, I forget. They were the Gwinnett Braves, which, you know, makes sense. Uh, the Braves sort of have a history of that, of having their minor league teams just be the Braves. I read an article once where... Isn't that Mississippi too? Yeah, Mississippi's the Braves. Rome, which is the Rome OA. Braves. Danville, which is sort of like the rookie ball team. 
Uh, they're all the Braves. So historically, it's been AAA, AA, and low A have all been the Braves. And then the high A team has been like the Myrtle Beach Pelicans, Carolina Mudcats. It's sort of flipped around a whole lot. Um, right. I read an article once that was basically like these other markets that are in Braves country, which extends a long way because of the early TBS days, uh, but aren't necessarily like right there, like in Georgia, see a pretty big lift in people who come out to the games just because they know that it's the Braves affiliate, ah. which I think is really interesting because like I consider myself like extremely familiar with minor league baseball. And at this point I've lost track of who is whose affiliate. Yeah. You know, I grew up in Charlotte, so I can name all the international league teams. Right. But now that I'm not watching, it's hard to keep track of who's with what. And then it keeps well, even, even our local Charlotte ones here. Uh, I live in Charlotte now. Ben used to live in Charlotte. Uh, if you haven't listened to this podcast before, uh, <laughs> the Charlotte Knights are the White Sox AAA team. The Kannapolis Intimidators, great name, by the way, named okay. after Dale Earnhardt. Uh, I think they're the single-A White Sox affiliate, but I don't think that's always been the case. Also, Winston-Salem is the high A for the White Sox. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, But then the White Sox double-A team is in Birmingham. Uh, Hickory Crawdads, they've changed affiliates a lot recently, haven't they? Yeah. They're now the Pirates? Rangers? They were the Rangers for a bit. I'm not sure who they're with now. But all that stuff changes a lot. And then they'll change names, uh, too, which makes right. it super hard to keep track of. Right. So so the Gwinnett team the Gwinnett team changes its name from the Braves to the Stripers, which is, eh. Like, you can, if you're going for weird in minor league baseball, you can do better. It's a reference to, like, a striped bass fish. But, also dangerously close to strippers, so it would not have been my first choice. <laughs> yes, it is. My favorite fan pro- proposal was the Gwinnett Traffic. Yeah, that could probably fit a lot of cities. Yeah, fair. But then were they, all, they were also choosing between like the Sweet Tea and the... Oh, God, there were some awful, awful options. Don't let Gwinnett County people pick names. They're just not creative. It's a delicate balance. <laughs> yes, it is. The The minor leagues are, are also uh, weird because then like uh, the Oakland A's used to be with Sacramento. Right. Makes sense. Northern mm-hmm. California, you can drive between them. Yep. They switched to Nashville. Why? Well, because Sacramento had a terrible ballpark and they wanted a decent park where Nashville is a great one. But like how inconvenient is that in a way? Yeah, that's... There's no That's the Mets really used weird. to Mets used to have Las Vegas and now they have Buffalo, which makes a lot more sense. But like you have a guy in Las Vegas, there's no way you can get him to New York in time for a game on the same day. Right. Well that was actually why the Braves uh moved their triple A team to Gwinnett. Uh it's about forty five minutes away. Maybe maybe a little closer now with the new ballpark. Uh it's in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Uh but yeah, previously the team had been up in Danville, Virginia. So sort of the same issue there. Yeah, it's going to take a while to get to an airport in the first place, you know. Right. Right. And also, they were much more able to utilize, like, uh, rehab starts and stuff like that with Gwinnett just up the street. You could, you know, pretty easily send a struggling reliever there for two days and then call him right back. Yeah. All right. So the next thing we wanted to talk about, this was inspired by a Twitter bracket. I will miss March because there were brackets for everything. And I'll, I guess, 11 months from now, we'll be back to doing brackets. But there was one for random Pirates players that was uh, between early 2000s to 2012, Pirates players who never made an all-star game and never played on a playoff team. Now, unfortunately, that's a very short list for our Braves and Red Sox because they did make the playoffs frequently enough. But Mm -hmm. we can stick to favorite random Braves uh, if we, we can stick to non-All-Stars if we want, but then I guess like you've said, there's a lot of really random Braves All-Stars too. Yeah, so I, I'm going off of the Braves MLB website actually has an all-time roster 
that you can sort, which is really cool. So basically I started from the year 2000 and I can just sort by position and see everyone who played for the Braves at that position since 2000, uh, which is really cool. Actually. Uh, I like this a lot. Uh, So I'm going to start off at catcher uh, and I'm going to go with Corky Miller. Oh man. I think he's a former Red Sox too. I think, I think Corky made his way around the league. Uh, Where'd you find this all-time roster? Uh, if you just Google like Braves catchers, it's like the second thing that shows up. We got some other fun ones uh, on here. Jared Saltalamakia, who was like a major prospect for the Braves. Uh, he got shipped out in the Mark Teixeira trade. Uh, he at one time held the record for longest last name to appear on an MLB jersey. That's a good one. It's... It- He's been on some teams where it bends, like, so far it's not even funny. <laughs> or it is funny. Uh, let's see here. Johnny Estrada was actually really good, so it feels weird lumping him into the random Braves category. Uh, he was really good until he got knocked out in a home plate collision by Darren Erstad on the Angels. I remember that very vividly because I was at that game. Uh, and Johnny was never quite the same. Band home plate collisions. So Steve Torrealba, I see his name. That also looks like a made-up name where uh, I don't know if I'm just thrown off. The Rockies had a guy, Yorvit Torrealba, so I think of that as a Latin name. And EA or like all these games are classic for like doing like Tim Rodriguez or just like <laughs> randomly putting together names and they don't really fit. That's a good one. That's, that, that's a good one. Uh, David Ross is probably one of my favorite, like, good random players in Braves history. Uh, he's probably more, much more well-known now for winning that World Series with the Cubs, which was so, so cool to watch him and Jason Hayward okay. get to celebrate championship, even though it wasn't with the Braves. Uh, but he was so much fun when he was in Atlanta. Uh, I, I really loved having him on the team. Former Red Sox as well. Yes, he was. I think he actually went to the Braves from the Red Sox. All right, let's see here. Uh, Braves first base. Troy Gloss had like a crazy good year in 2010 for the Braves. I love Troy Gloss. He was in Backyard Baseball 2001. Because he was my hero of 2002. Yeah, that's true. But in Backyard Baseball 2001, very underrated pickup because he could play third base. He's played for a lot of teams there at the end that I forgot about, but uh, he did very good. Julio Franco, obviously, gotta love him. Julio Franco, greatest brave of all time. Move aside, Chipper. Greatest. <laughs> I don't know when they're going to put his number up in the Raptors, whichever number it was, because I think he had like three or four the Braves. Uh, if you go to Baseball Reference, which, by the way, like best website in the history of the world they have this yeah. great thing where at a player's page they have all of his jersey numbers and sort of like stylized like the teams he was with and julio franco has three rows worth of jersey numbers on there including three with the braves yes. four 23 and 14 <laughs> oh that's awesome julio franco is like this amazing dude who played until he was like 50 and had this crazy batting stance. So, yeah, he was a rookie in 1982 with the Phillies uh, and retired his last year was 2007 with the Braves. And one of the funniest parts also was he finally got to the Braves at age 42 <laughs> and had, had one at bat in one game between 2001 and to 1997, the years between them. So he had gone to play in the Mexican League during that time. So he was playing, yeah, he just wasn't in the majors. The Braves signed him in 2001, uh, I think when Andres Galarraga leaves, and he plays over 100 games for us four years in a row. Just so great. And never hits lower than 275, which he did when he was 46. He's amazing. Like he's seriously the most incredible baseball player ever. Those age adjusted stats are so great. Like Barry Bonds had a six oh nine on base percentage at age forty. 
Jesus. That's insane by itself, let alone at age 40. Wow. Then you have like Julio Franco. Sure, he may be pinch hitting a lot at that age. Yeah. All right. We got a couple other good ones on the Braves. Brian Jordan, who was actually a really good outfielder for the Braves in the 90s. People think of Deion Sanders for this all the time. But Brian Jordan played both baseball and in the NFL for the Falcons, and he was like really good at both of them. Great that he was with Atlanta twice. It was, yeah, yeah, big fan. I'll just throw one more in there, just for the name, Joey Turdoslavich. Turdoslavich. Turdo, <laughs> Turdo. He was a he was one of those Braves prospects who like. He was a prospect forever, and you always knew him because he is such an easily recognizable name. Right. But with, uh, I mean, with Freddie Freeman there, like, what was the point? Yeah. You know, he, and also they tried. Good. They tried to teach him to play third base. They tried to teach him to play left and right field. It didn't really work out. All right. Uh, all right. One one more first baseman, Casey Kochman. Oh yeah. 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 Another former Red Sox. There's a lot of crossover here. There is. Mm. And Adam LaRoche also played for the Red Sox. Adam, Adam LaRoche was really good for the Braves. All right, second base. This may kind of be my favorite one because Marcus Giles, I loved as a kid. Absolutely loved Marcus Giles. Then you have Kelly Johnson, who the Braves have traded like six times. Dan Ugla. Omar, Omar Infante made an all-star team as like – a utility player. And that was before that you were, I, or maybe he made it because you were like required to have one multi-position guy. It was no, there was a weird deal with the rules where they gave you like an extra roster spot in the all-star game, but the managers realized that like a utility player made sense. Cause you, there was some weird deal where, where if you could play a guy at multiple positions, it really benefited you that year. And he was hitting like 340 or something like that. So you got the call up. Brooks Conrad, who is responsible for my single favorite Braves moment that I've ever been at in person when the Braves were down seven runs in the bottom of the ninth to the Cincinnati Reds. And uh, we had, I was a senior in high school. We had had graduation practice and then left. And me and a bunch of friends went to the Braves game. I fell asleep in the outfield bleachers because the Braves were getting killed. We move down to the third baseline. The Braves start catching up, and Brooks Conrad hits a walk-off grand slam to cap off a seven-run ninth-inning comeback. File that one under what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Speaking of what a time to be alive, Dan Ugla. Dan Ugla once had a 33-game hit streak for the Braves and was still only hitting 231 at the end of it. What can you say? Can't make this stuff up. Yeah. I personally love Brandon Phillips. I'm glad that he got a chance to play for Atlanta. Yes. And it's unfortunate that he yeah. is still unsigned. Yeah, that sucks. I, I was really happy to see him in a Braves uniform. Uh, he actually used to come to some of my fall league baseball games. One of the kids on the team uh, had the same like hitting coach as he did. Uh, super nice guy. Very happy he played in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Flaherty. Random Brave, and former Vanderbilt baseball player. We'll get to those guys soon. <laughs> All right. We should probably speed this up. I'm just talking about yeah. guys that I liked watching. Right. Third I'm base, immediately, I see Ooh. Wilson Betamit, who was classic top prospect who never quite panned out. Never. Never panned out. But man, was Andy Marte, same deal. Andy Marte was like the top prospect in all of baseball. Yeah. Like he was the next big thing. And then he never was. Uh, Brandon Hicks, Bobby Cox's favorite pinch runner. Juan Francisco, Juan Francisco, fat Juan, uh, who pretty much could only hit home runs, but he, he hit some home runs. I forgot that Vinny kept for them. Yep, Chipper Jones played left field for two years. Seriously, 2002, 2003, Chipper Jones played left field for the Braves. It was very dumb. 
mostly because Vin, mostly because Vinny Castillo wasn't very good when he played for us. It probably wasn't the worst idea. Yeah. Uh, shortstop Rafael Fercal. He was really His good. I'm great. You know Escobar, who I actually didn't really like, but did have one of my other favorite Braves moments. We had a pitcher from Japan, Kenshin Kawakami, who came over and like really struggled. Uh, and there was one game where Kenshin was really struggling. You know, comes up, says something to him on the mound. It's like a totally innocuous moment. But then Chip Carey, the Braves announcer, realizes what happened. He says, uh, neither Kenshin nor you know speaks any English. So I don't really know what they just said to each other out there. <laughs> Which is like a classic moment you can only have uh, in baseball. Yeah. Uh, Mark DeRosa, just a, mm-hmm. a quality mm-hmm. journeyman. Edgar Rosaria, another former Red Sox. Uh, he was really good for two years. Oh, yeah. Walt Weiss, former uh, Rockies manager, current Braves bench coach, played shortstop. There you go. Oh, man, you get into the outfield, there's, there's a lot going on. Bobby Bonilla, notable for still getting paid by the New York Mets. When they talk about worst free agent contracts, that's got to be number one. (laughs) Yeah, it has to be. Uh, Gary Sheffield played for the Braves for two years. I. It's a shame he won't make it to the Hall of Fame. That's really nonsense. I wore a gray glove in Little League because Gary Sheffield wore a gray glove. As good a reason as any. (laughs) You know, when you're when you're twelve years old. You make decisions for weird reasons. Raul Mondesi, he was not very good for the Braves. Johnny Gomes, I don't remember on the Braves, but loved on the Red Sox. Johnny Gomes, uh, I we traded him to the Royals when they won the World Series. He was actually super. He was one of those guys that like was good to have on a bad team because I oh, think yeah. he helped the rookies sort of figure it out. Uh, Centerfield, Rick Ankeel, who, man, Rick Ankeel has the most fascinating career in baseball. He was like this huge pitching prospect, comes up, it, it was like legitimately good for a couple of years, has a playoff game where he just cannot find the strikes and, and it just mentally ruined him. Never, never pitched again in the majors, but came back up as an outfielder. Was, good. was good. Hit a home run in the playoffs for the Braves into McCovey Cove. Cameron Maben, another another prospect who yeah, kind of he's a fun guy. Antoine Richardson, another Vanderbilt player. This is a short list just because of how long Andrew Jones played. Andrew Jones, who is somehow still not in the Hall of Fame. There's some problems there. Hmm. All right, let's let's do dear God. Ryan right, there's too many. There's too many pitchers on here. I'm just throwing uh, Ryan Langerhands in there. Nice. All right. I'm just going to call it a couple names from the pitchers list that, that make me laugh because I forgot about them. Tim, Tim Spooniebarger. <laughs> Never heard of him. Mike Hampton, another terrible free agent contract. Uh, man, Dan Cole, worst closer of all time. Kyle Farnsworth. Joey Devine, submarine pitcher. Bam. A lot of pitchers. A lot of pitchers. All right. It might be out of these random ones that I like. Jire Jurgens, Cy Young candidate for several years and then completely fell off. I used to get fat heads and they had like these, like for like 20 bucks, you could get a like pack of 10 mini fat mm-hmm. heads. And I got one of two of Jire Jurgens. Hell yeah. Levon Hernandez. He played for a lot of teams. He played for a lot of teams. All right, Ben. I, I think we've gone through all the random Braves anyone besides me could possibly care about here. Uh, so we should go to another thing that maybe only you and I care about, which is let's get our, our Vanderbilt baseball update. All right. It's been a, a good year. Uh, I mean, it's obviously been a short year, but uh, Dansby doing very well. I think that's really cool. Forgot I had that. Love it. <laughs> uh, last year, like like we said, he went down to AAA. This year, he's hitting 
348. Finally came up with it. Not only that's that, the last time I'll use that. I'm, I'm sorry. Slugging 565. He's doing great. He's got more than a third of his hits. All while possessing tremendous. Yeah, he has, uh, let's see, 16 hits, seven extra base hits. That's great, Dansby. We love to hear that. I'm fanning myself over here. (laughs) Uh, Moving along to people his age, Carson Fulmer broke camp in the rotation, uh, which was a bit of a struggle out of spring training. But he's had two starts. It's been all right, given up three earned runs twice. Walker Bueller uh, is in AAA because they're taking it easy on his arm because he's uh, two years removed from Tommy John. But he is lights out. He's been excellent in AAA. I think he, he's thrown nine innings, given up one run uh, and ten strikeouts. Tyler Beatty actually made his debut. Saw that for the Giants. Uh, on Tuesday. And in classic Tyler Beatty he form, threw walked a bunch of people. In like four innings? Walked a bunch of people. Yes, four innings, almost 100 pitches, walks, including two to the opposing pitcher. Well, I can say I've never seen that before because pitchers don't hit in college. But yeah, the rest of that sounded familiar. Right. So he'll get another start on Saturday and then go back down to AAA once their healthy starters get back. But on, you know, on, on that note, the, the Beatty thing reminds me uh, in the opening season series, the Braves played the Phillies who had Aaron Nola pitching. And watching Aaron Nola pitch to Dansby Swanson was awesome because Vanderbilt and LSU were both really, really good in like 2010-ish when they were both there. Super fun to watch. Well, they were both there in 2015. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, 2013 to 2015, I think they're both at school. Right. Uh, super fun to watch. Uh, but there was one just awesome Tyler Beatty, Aranola pitcher's duel that I think Vanderbilt won like one to nothing. Yeah. Those were some really, really good teams. Really good. So, uh, so Ryan Flaherty, like we mentioned, he had been really bouncing around as a backup. He uh, he only played twenty three games in the majors last year, but now through eleven games, he's taken over at third base, hitting three thirty three with a four forty two on base, four forty four slugging. Now I don't know. Yeah, obviously he's been like legit pretty good. So him and Dansby hit back to back in the order a lot, as it should be. It does my heart good. So. I don't know. I mean, he's certainly not going to start the whole year, especially when Johan Camargo gets back. But he right. can be a very capable backup, even if it's yeah, he's a great team. utility guy because he's one of those guys who can just play anywhere. Yeah, and I, that might spell the end of Charlie Culberson and Dansby Swanson together. But All right, I Pete. think that I think we'll take double Vandy boys over double Dansby if we have to. Yeah, push comes to shove. Moving on along. Uh, Pedro Alvarez is actually back up in the majors. He barely played at all last year until September. But he's been a quality lefty bat for the Orioles. Already has a homer, hitting 263, 462 on base. He's walking more than one out of four people. Keep that up, Pedro. Nice. Uh, sad news, Brian Reynolds has a broken uh, hamate bone, which is going to keep him out about two months with the Pirates. Uh, where he got traded from the Giants to the Pirates for Andrew McCutcheon. So he he basically is Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah, yeah, Brian Reynolds just as good as Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah, so even if he makes it back within two months, that's an injury that kind of zaps your power for a year. So it may be a bit before he's up. Mm. Other little guys of note, uh, Jaron Kendall's in high A, played against Will Toffey, had a nice picture that Tim Corbin retweeted. Uh, David Price had uh, 14 shutout innings to start the year. Actually got hurt last night after giving up five runs in the first inning to the Yankees. He, he faced his arch nemesis in Gary Sanchez. He's faced him 16 times, has given up five home runs. It's a shame. Not a deal. Sonny Gray, also doing great with the Yankees. Uh, so it's really, I'd give this year a uh, A, maybe an A minus. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, for Vandy boys, I, I mean, really, you couldn't ask for much more. It technically could be better, but you know, Price looked good. Dansby looks great. BD's up. Walker's kicking ass in AAA, and I don't think that he was really going to make it up yeah. because they're really trying to manage his workload. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, good. 
which means it's a great year for my fantasy team since I own all of Andy boys. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good year for all of us. You know what? Yeah. When, when Vanderbilt's having a good year, we're having a good year. All right, Ben, I want to I end on this because we only got a couple minutes left. But, but since you brought it up earlier, best baseball movies. You only recently saw Major League? Yeah, I, uh, I just kind of never got around to it. And uh, Charlie Sheen just kind of creeps me out a little bit. Fair, fair. Uh, but, but it was thoroughly enjoyable. Uh, I definitely enjoyed how they clearly only bought the rights to the Indians and Yankees because they continually <laughs> only played the Yankees and didn't even win the World Series. They just won the AL pennant. Which, that's like a recurring thing in some of these because they do the same thing in, in Rookie of the Year. They just played the Mets a whole bunch oh, yeah, of times. Oh, they beat the Mets. Yeah. I guess it was really before Interleague was a huge thing and it would really not make much sense for them to be like, oh man, it's our... June series against uh, the White Sox. Oh, man, it's our August series against the White Sox. Oh, man, we're playing the World Series. Right, but, I mean, Rookie of the Year is so weird because they beat the Mets in the, in the you know, for the pennant. And then the final scenes by Little League, he has a World Series ring. So somehow this Cubs team wins the World Series despite not having Henry Gardner, who, you know, broke his arm again and can't throw 103. And... It looked like Chet Stedman was too hurt to play, too. So I don't know how they pulled it off. So here's what I'm wondering is, how much could it possibly cost that you can are totally cool to buy two teams, but three is just out of the question? You know? like I feel like it would really help the plot. I, do, you think, do you think it's the licensing, or do you think it's that you have to hire another nine guys? I think it's the, the licensing of the uniforms, because I'm sure you could find any college or like, you know, semi-pro league that could pull off a mediocre slow motion second base dive, you know? That's fair. It's just got to be that, because if it were, uh, you know, they have plenty of extras in every movie, even if it's just a crowd. Yeah, that's true. Do you think, it, no, it wouldn't be a stadium thing because they always play all of them at the same stadium anyways. Hmm. Yeah. And you could always have home games anyways, too. Yeah, that's true. So other great movies. I mean, uh, The Rookie's a good one. That's a classic. The Rookie is a good one. Sandlot's not a major league movie, but still a great one. Uh, excuse you, Bane the Jet steals home for the L.A. Dodgers in the final scene. Okay, that that's fair. That's true. Sandlot is really good. I've really enjoyed it. It's the 25th anniversary of Sandlot coming out. And a bunch of major league teams have really been playing along. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers did an awesome shot by shot remake of the scene where Hamilton Porter hits one over the fence and loses the baseball. With that was Hank also the dog, the Brewers cast. adopted dog as the beast. Oh my god, it was perfect. I'm trying to think of other good major league game uh, movies. Well, Moneyball was like a well-made movie, but I think it's a little different. Kind of infuriated me because I thought they, they took certain things from that I thought really exaggerated concepts. Yeah. But but that that's fine. Little Big League, not bad. Have not seen that one. It's I, the plot's basically like a, a little kid becomes manager of the Minnesota Twins. Uh Really pretty good, also because the kid's arch nemesis in the movie is Ken Griffey Jr. And, not to spoil it, but, you know, the movie did come out in 1994. They lose to Ken Griffey Jr. in the last game of the movie. Love it. Love a sports movie where they lose. It's so perfect. I mean, it's you need a couple in there, just to, just to keep you honest. Bull Durham, also great. Actually never seen it. Bull Durham? Yep. Well, see, see, now you can't be mad at me for not watching Major League if you haven't seen Bull Durham. Yes, I absolutely can. <laughs> you can. I mean, like, that's the thing about movies is, like, I watch, like, uh, let's say Silence of the Lambs when I was, like, 21. And then, like, a week after seeing it, someone brought it up and someone else was like, I haven't seen Silence of the Lambs. And I'd be like, oh, my God, how have you not seen Silence of the Lambs? Even though if someone had asked that 10 days earlier, I would have been <laughs> in the same boat. I think my biggest one of those is Titanic. Never seen Titanic. Nah, neither have I. I'm kind of good. I know how it ends. Yeah. I know the key shot. Ooh, 
Ooh, I've got a good baseball movie for you. Mr. 3000. Oh, yes. Well, R.I.P. Bernie Mac. Yeah, R.I.P. That was a good movie. Or, you know, maybe I was 12 when I saw it. I don't know. Either way, I enjoyed it. Bench Warmers. Bench Warmers? Have not seen it. It's okay. It's okay. I feel like that kind of type of comedy is, you know how it's going to be. Yes. Yes, you do. So if you're hoping for more, then you're going to be let down, but. Yeah, it's, it's a movie that knows what it is. 42 was very well done movie. And Mm -hmm. man, Chadwick Boseman has got all the best, uh, jobs Mm -hmm. already. Jackie Robinson, black Panther, uh, he had a couple other key African-American leaders, too, that mm-hmm. he's played. Uh, Thurgood nice. Marshall. I mean, like, James Brown. A I mean, like, I don't think you could ask for a better... Yeah, I mean, like, maybe uh, he could be old Barack Obama, and then you got it all wrapped up. There you go. That's all you need. Uh, ooh, Hardball. Great movie. Incredibly sad. But great movie. I have not seen that one. You you haven't seen Hardball? No, I have not. Been, you're killing me. <laughs> Absolutely. I've seen Angels me. in the Outfield. Eh. It's fine. A League of Their Own is good. Uh, that that's a good movie. Yes. Yes. Uh, Fever Pitch, I enjoyed as a Red Sox fan. Jimmy Fallon's also wonderful. Yes, you've said a couple of things there that make me not want to see that. Hmm. Major is Major League Two is okay, but three is awful. Is that what it is? I've only seen the first major. Right. Yeah, we've we've established that now. Now, now I remember. Uh, I think two is still good, but three is terrible. So I have not seen Trouble with the Curve, but I've heard that it's Ugh. terrible as far as baseball accuracy, with just stuff like. Uh, People that were, there's like a key thing with the draft and the team picking number two didn't scout the number one prospect because they assumed the top team would take them. Just stuff that like never happened and uh, just also fundamentally wrong baseball going on there. So I've kind of passed on that. I have been told that Sugar is a really incredible movie, but I have not seen it. So this will be my... uh, Tertiary recommendation to you. I have not seen it, but you should go watch Sugar. And I think we're about out of good baseball movies. Million Dollar Arm? I did not see that one either. Is that the one where they but get the neither... they try and get the cricket players to? Yes. Ah, I should see I that think... as a as I don't think they've... as the number one as cricket, cricket fan in America. I should go see that. Yeah, they. I'm sure the movie's good. Unfortunately, the two players have not amounted to even double A. Uh, I guess we haven't talked about the natural. I'm guessing that's because neither of us has seen it. You haven't seen the natural? Nope. Not neither have I. <laughs> and we've completely skipped over uh, what was number one if you search baseball movies on Google, but I actually don't think is a very good movie. Field of Dreams. Oh, I, I mean, I enjoy it. Uh, I saw it when I was so young that I probably couldn't appreciate how mediocre I, uh, it is. Not, not for me. I've actually been to the Field of Dreams, and, and it looks like a baseball field in a cornfield. Yep. When we uh, go race in Iowa, I work for a NASCAR team, by the way. Uh, when we race in Iowa, the middle of the track is called the Infield of Dreams, which I appreciate, oh, even nice. though I hate the movie. Is there corn there too, or I was going to say that would? Oh yeah, there's corn. But that would kind of cramp the the style of everyone. Like I've the only race track I've been to is the Coca Cola Six Hundred, and there's plenty of room to party there. There's still plenty of room to party in Iowa, but there Just is corn with corn. There right, is corn. Sure. Party with corn, Iowa. <laughs> All right, Ben. I, th- I think we may have exhausted this topic. Uh, yeah, I think party with corn 
colon Iowa might signal the end of the podcast. Uh, well, we, we had a lot of fun talking about baseball today. Ben, go watch Hardball. It like might be Keanu Reeves' best movie not named Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It's really, oh, really good. You should watch Hardball. So should you, person listening to this podcast. Is uh, Lawrence Fishburne in there? I don't think so. Because he was in the Matrix. He was, yes, he was in the Matrix. <laughs> okay, go watch Hardball, Ben. Uh, listeners, you should go watch Hardball, too. Thank you so much for listening to Bad Sports Down Podcast. Uh, we'll see you again soon. Uh, yeah, we're going to do this again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, within the next two months, I predict at least one more. Wow. That's not going to help ourselves. <laughs>